0: Oh, man, this is the most exciting thing I've seen since Haley's Comet collided with the moon. That never happened, Dad. Sure it didn't. It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson's Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. Happy Saturday. Happy weekend to you, wherever you may be. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Mance and Mitchell in your ears for the hour. And today, we're not going to have Nathan Detroit with us. He's taking a quick vacation. He'll be back next week. But in the meantime, we get to work with that man of renown named David Brown. David, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much. And good morning to both of you
2: and good morning to you too happy to have you back you've been a great substitute for us when we don't have nathan so we feel like we're in good hands for the next hour thank you all right and we have a uh, a returning guest on our show a returning veteran i don't know if she knows this or not so we may just tell her now that she is in the top five people that we have had on our show over the almost 16 years we've been on air.
1: Wow. That's some rarefied. Yeah.
2: Let me me give her her mad props and let's bring her on. (laughs) Alicia Michelle began interpreting astrology charts in 1998 when she was just a small child when she understood how intimately we are connected to the sun, the stars, and planets as one system. That includes us, our biorhythms, and nature. She interprets charts from both a personality point of view and a soul point of view. And to that end, I should also say she has interpreted my chart. She has been a guest on Manson Mitchell more than two dozen times since (laughs) 2009, as she is always a listener favorite. And her website is astroaware.net all the way from Gainesville, Florida. Welcome to Manson Mitchell, Alicia Michelle.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's nice to see you both.
2: Good to see you both too.
0: This is also (laughs) relative because we we met and became friends with Alicia Michelle in Seattle. And here we are. She's in Gainesville, Florida. We're in Sarasota. And we're going all the way from Gainesville. Who do we think we're talking to? (laughs) All those folks out in Western Washington, many of them, quite aware of the very astro aware Alicia Michelle and I'm sure Alicia that you count many of those folks among your friends to this day
1: I do indeed thank you it's very true still, yeah go ahead I've been
2: getting your newsletter you were the, I believe I, and I, I was searching my memory Banks and I am 99 sure that you are the very first person who talked about the age of Aquarius many years ago. And what you said about it was, Suzanne, it's not a light switch. It isn't like one day you're not in the age of Aquarius and the next day you are. You said it happens. It's a transition that happens over years. Now we were listening to the music back in the sixties and the seventies about the age of Aquarius And you said, it's going to take several years to make that transition. In your most recent communication that I read, you talked about the age of Aquarius, the new moon this year in the age of Aquarius and Pluto in Aquarius next year. And I thought, what better place to start than the age of Aquarius, because I've been thinking about this now since the 1960s. So Mm. when is it going to happen, Alicia?
1: (laughs) Uh, We're definitely in it. Yeah, it's the quantum field. So it's really looking at it from the physics point of view with um, the sine waves and the particles. So the planets would represent the particles and the signs and the constellations and the energy therein is the the waves of energy so just like use of color you don't go from you know uh red is red to pink you know to white so there's hues of color in between just like sound octaves music frequency vibration so it's all interconnected so the real big you know to me personally uh the real big jump that we had was on 12 20 night uh 2020 when we had saturn and jupiter enter Aquarius and you you I'm sure you two did something pretty special on that day most people I know did as well and went out and watched it because it was conjunct it was called um the Bethlehem star a lot of people called it but that particular energy field really or that particular conjunction it was like a harbinger to this new moon that we just had on the 23rd and Pluto entering Aquarius on uh, May 23rd coming up or excuse me March 23rd So real big changes for us collectively in March of this year, a lot of changes. But do you feel positive about these changes? I do. I do. I feel like, uh, so let's look at, let's look at the fundamentals. It's an air sign. Aquarius is a fixed air sign. So one of the things that I'm really seeing um, and intuitively feeling and perceiving is that we're becoming more aware of how we're all connected as a species, how there is indeed a collective consciousness, a collective unconsciousness as well. Um, And so the air is Connected to communication, cognition, thought, and and literally the air that we breathe. So when we had that conjunction in twenty twenty, was right when we were going into the whole COVID experience that we've been sharing the air, you know, uh, collectively. So there's you know it it, it relates to technology, um, artificial intelligence. Um, uh humanitarianism altruism, you know brotherhood sisterhood so there's a lot of everything has spectrum right we talk about that a lot like everything has spectrum in on this dimension on the third dimension so it really is based on our thoughts and how we you know energy follows our thoughts where our thoughts go energy flows right so as a collective I see mass awakenings and then we also have Saturn entering Pisces that same month um I think it's on the 7th of March and then mars will be entering cancer on the 25th of that same month and it's been in gemini for 7 months so really big changes you guys that we're going to be seeing in just in march you know collectively
2: well that's good to know don't you feel like you've been yeah. made aware about this now gary <laughs> i it's
0: it's very confirming yeah. and reaffirming yeah. for me alicia because when i do my divination work And i'm a big fan of the yijing if any of you ever want to know more about that drop me a line what the yijing is showing me is that we are coming into a time when people are going to be deciding which group they choose important word choose to belong to and with that you simultaneously make a choice of values of shared experiences what are your cardinal principles? What do mm-hmm. you live by? That may be shifting. And if you mm-hmm. find yourself in a situation where it's too abrasive for you, there's too much conflict, it could just be that you need a fundamental change in your associations with other people. Then you'll see the change you were hoping for in your own life.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you, Gary. Absolutely. Um it's, you know, progress, it, the, the good word to or a good phrase for Aquarius energy is we the people. It's a progressive energy. It's about how we're all connected. And it's uh, it represents the 11th house in an astrology chart. So it's our goals, aspirations, and, you know, what we're working towards in terms of the structure for the community, the tribe, and also the collective. So yeah, I totally agree with you 100%.
2: You know, uh, Alicia, I will often Mm -hmm. talk about people's vibrations or people's frequencies. And when your personal vibration changes, you may find that who you vibrate with is different. That the things that you used to do, the places you used to go, the people you used to hang out with, they might not be a good fit anymore. And so, with the change of your personal vibration, there there might be new people coming into your life, new interesting That's people, new interesting ideas, you know, a little bit more creativity. And the thing that that uh, I wanted to to bring to you was um, the vibration of the planets, the mm-hmm. vibration of you know what is. We have our personal frequency, but then there's also mm-hmm. the frequency of the The stars and the planets that affect us as well. When I read what you write about it as being one system, that can have a big effect on us,
1: can't it? Absolutely. It is one system. Big Bang and creation is Mm -hmm. literally the same exact event. It's just a left brain interpretation and the right brain interpretation of humans, humanity. Uh, trying to understand this uh, cosmic event, you know, that we're all part of. So we're all that's. In fact, it all goes. It, mathematics is the language of nature. That's that's really the bottom line for me. It's physics. It's geometry. It's um, energy. It's frequency. Uh, what did Tesla say? He said, "If you want to find out the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration." And I, he, he was the first, you know, right in the beginning of the 1900s. But his work is so prevalent and so. It's really coming into fruition now, especially as we go into the age of Aquarius, we're going to see so much like free energy and uh, med beds and, you know, connection. So you're absolutely right. Um, the quantum field is we live and move and have our being that it says that in the Holy Bible in acts, we live and move and have our being right in the mind of God, we live in the mind of God that to me, my my f- perception of that is that we that is the quantum field and these planets. Uh, the music of the spheres like this Pythagoras and, and Egyptian and Greek and like they knew back then that they understood the power of sound, let there be light speaking it into existence, how powerful it is that sound and light are two aspects of really the same thing on the innermost plane. But on this level, we separate sound and light and color and, you know, frequency and music like, but they're really, they're all inner, they're all intertangled, you know, that's what they call the um, quantum entanglements, like. Like you were just saying, that's how we're affected by these planetary movements. And that's why I can say with authority that we're going to see some really big changes in March because we have three big, you know, planetary forces changing from one constellation to another, imbuing the uh, cosmic field, the quantum field, with a different quality of energy that we then respond to or react to, depending on if we're aware or not
2: you know when that you talk sense. about changes i i wonder about choices because mm-hmm. um it seems like whenever there is a potential change if there's a change on the horizon that things can go one way or things can go another way and and when we've talked to futurists and and people who are are trying to see into what is becoming of you know, humanity and countries and our planet. We often hear we're at a crossroads. It can mm-hmm. go one way or it can go another way. You know, we, we kind of hope with all of the awareness about uh, climate change and the planet that, you know, we've got our fingers crossed that maybe things will get better But I don't know that there's a guarantee that they're going to get better. There is the opportunity for them to get better, but they could also get worse. So when you're talking about these changes coming up in March, do you see good ones, bad ones, or a combination of the two as being potential changes? How how does it look to you?
1: Yeah, to me, it, it looks positive, but I'm also really energizing the positive visions that i've had in the past different dreams that i've had um i've seen and i i actually told you guys about it when i first uh, met you and did a show with you guys about the 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 sun that i had different dreams and visions back in the 90s repeatedly about this uh energy coming from the sun and all the the generating uh forces everything stopped on the planet and everyone remembered their god consciousness and how much it touched me you know and so that's what i energized that's the There's a lot of prophecy around this, but I've also seen in my dreams and um, visions uh, an EMP that puts out all the electricity as well. So, yeah, it could go either way. It can be man-made or it can be from source and from nature. The one from nature is uh, what I have seen is very beautiful and um, people remember our God consciousness it's very it's it's more than amazing it's hard to even describe I used to couldn't even talk about it without crying because it would just made me weep it was just so beautiful um but I've also you know it depends you know um I still believe that okay here's a good example Susan Suzanne um like a lot of people know the word paranoia right so paranoia is when we we worry and we have anxiety and even maybe neurosis depending on how far you're on the spectrum but the opposite of that is pronoia and pronoia is when we believe that the universe conspires for us for our good right so i my the reason i do what i do every day is to help people remember that we're not just a part of nature we are nature we are intimately connected. Our earth, air, fire, and water, the elements in us is nature. We just have forgotten. So the more that we remember this, to me, it's will be empowered. And how can we hurt someone when they're actually a part of us? You know, how can we hurt the earth when it's a part of us? It's just the knowledge has been erased. So I believe a lot that you and Gary do has to do with education, inspiring people, bringing insight and helping people remember like their spiritual nature and how amazing that we all come from love and we all return to love. So I just I just always want to energize the positive things that I see happening. And, you know, I don't believe that we're going to turn into zombies and, you know, have fight over a loaf of bread, you know, and I f- feel like there's a lot of um programming out there to get us in a paranoia state and i really want to do that i want to be the antidote i want to pull us into the paranoia right the universe is for us does that make sense
0: the universe is friendly in that way there's right the mechanics of the universe as far as i can tell being a non-scientist there that is indifferent that's a matter of law but if you are in alignment With laws, I refer to them as divine laws, Mm -hmm. then you are positioning yourself for success attitudinally. You're shifting your philosophy from whatever wasn't working for you to an alignment that makes the universe a friendly place. Einstein himself said that God doesn't play dice with the universe. You have to know on what you can rely and what you can rely on in this physical universe and all the spirit and all the laws behind it is a matter of structure of order it needs to be dependable or you're going to be going through life nervous all the time (laughs) everything seems risky when you don't have anything or anyone on whom you can depend
1: yeah exactly and when the thing is when we're in fight or flight and we're in worried and anxiety our adrenals we we we, um we can't find empathy they have proven this in neurobiology like if we're in fight or flight as a human species part of the human species and we're worried and we're scared and we're fearful we literally cannot uh activate and contact our empathy for each other we we lose that because we're in you know we're in survival mode so um i think another really big piece you guys is saturn going into pisces in march of this year hasn't been there for 29 and a half years and so those two energies together um, this is really about grounding spirituality grounding is a Saturn piece, right it creates a container for our imagination and our dreams and our spirituality and our mysticism. So I'm really foreseeing great awakening in the next two and a half years on this planet with people remembering that we are spirit in human form and that we're all one species and that we're in this together and then what role does Pisces play in Saturn going into Pisces? Well, it to me, it's like purpose Saturn's purpose, Pisces is contemplation, meditation. um, I believe it's really gonna help a lot of like healers and people that are artists and musicians that are bringing in the spiritual essence. It's like materializing spirit, spiritualizing matter. that's what Saturn to me my perception saturn and, and Pisces is about so um, yeah,
2: yeah, both uh with Pisces being a water sign. Um, that, mm-hmm. that's a feeling
1: sign, and and
2: mm-hmm. you're saying contemplation, mysticism, um,
1: contemplation, meditation is the twelfth house. It's also the collective. You know, it's the twelfth. is it's the, it's the um, all of the signs together is the twelfth house. So it's um it's how we're all connected. You know, it's the water. It's the ocean.
0: I think people have different uses for the term. So tell us, Alicia, what do you mean by whenever you use the word collective or you speak of the collective? What goes on in your mind? What does that look like to you?
1: Okay. Um, the collective is the human race and how we're all interdependent on this planet we share the air the water the iron that's in our blood it's it's been here since the beginning so um it's all one system so we all share this this is to me that's the collective i when you asked me that question a thought came up that if i give this reference point it might help because when i first met you and suzanne Pluto was going into Capricorn and one of the things I did a talk at an event for you guys and I was telling your audience that when Pluto comes into Capricorn that energy comes together it changes the infrastructure and the infrastructure is government healthcare education the banking system and look what has happened in the last 13 to 14 years and 2008 is when it started and that's when the the dot-com and the, the real estate and because it exposes what's um doesn't work what's um the abuse of power right so that we can rebuild so we're coming out of that you guys the, the american revolution happened 248 years ago the last time pluto was in capricorn so we're really going into a whole different thing as a collective so that that reference point is so that i can tell you about saturn because saturn restructures what it touches pluto transforms uranus awakens so this connects to the psyche the human psyche in different ways right and we interpret it differently but the more aware we can be that's why i call my company astrological awareness is because i want to help create and help people remember you know this awareness. Um, but that we're really in this together.
2: You know, Alicia, I do remember <laughs> your being on the show and talking about the collapse of the systems the way that they have been and that we were going to have new systems. And mm-hmm. and at the time that you said that, and this was many years ago, I I felt as though it was uh, scary. I, I felt mm-hmm. as though it was pretty negative because mm-hmm. i didn't have a uh, an idea in my head about how you could collapse some systems in order to create others so it felt like uh apocalyptic it's mm. like oh my gosh what are we going to do and it's interesting that we ended up with the bailouts of you know car companies and banks and other things and you know what that means for the future with some of these infrastructures of of our economy and education and and I was you know it it just seems like in this ebb and flow this this river of life some of the things that I see I think are very positive some of the things I see are very negative and it's it's hard to, uh, in, in from my vision, it's hard to see, you know, where it's all going. But that, that fear of like, oh, when these systems collapse, what are we going to do? Well, other things have taken their place.
1: I'm and they're going to rebuild. Mm -hmm. right
2: and we are we are in that process but i do remember you're saying that all those years ago and i remember just like gasping and holding my breath and going oh my god i mean what does this mean i mean Mm -hmm. the the end of the united states yeah you know it 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 felt bad yeah you know to to have it um morph into something else is interesting and and one of the things that's kind of interesting to me along those lines is this idea of the virtual currency because it when you talked about banking and money and all of that one thing i noticed is that there are very few cash transactions most everybody just does things with a credit card which is very virtual Mm
1: -hmm. but then
2: the other thing was the rise of the virtual currencies and now that's not working when, when all of a sudden you find out that's kind of a pyramid scheme that's collapsing. And, and so I don't know that we're completely out of that turmoil of the collapsing banking system and having something to take its place that's really going to work yet. Right. Does
1: that make sense to you? Totally. Yeah. And and that that it's also Uranus and Taurus. Uranus is creating huge change with um currency. And it is going to become more and more digital. There's no doubt. Because Uranus is then going into Gemini in 2026. So um also with Aquarius, that is um Aquarius is uh it governs technology, the the internet, space travel, astrology, um, um, digital currencies is is a part of that. So it's inevitable, but I think there's like a learning curve anywhere where you go when you learn thank geometry, you. right? Yeah. And we're thank
2: d- you for saying that. Yeah. 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 It's not, it's not a perfect straight line. It uh-uh. it kind of it gets corrected along the way like a, a guided missile. It goes left and right and left and right and left and right till it hits the mark. So we don't we don't hit the mark in one straight line. Love- and That's- interesting about virtual banking because during this period of time since 2008, I've done two things. One is I have two banks that are not brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I tell you, my, my throat was in my mouth, sending money, wiring money to a bank I could not see or walk into (laughs) just completely freaked me out both times. And since that time, I do all of my own personal banking online. I, I don't walk into the bank anymore. I don't write <laughs> checks anymore. Yeah. You know, I just, I I go into the internet and I pay my bills. And so to that end, that has changed quite a bit. We had a bank here in Sarasota that got turned into a restaurant. They, they wow. abandoned the <laughs> bank and they made it into a restaurant. So it's like, I'm wondering what's going to happen with places like banks and gas stations and places where we where we don't you know need those services anymore i i think you wanted to say something else
1: no i just wanted to agree with you um about the course correct yeah I, I teach yeah. that a lot and i think that is a part of the way we learn and um just because that's it's it's part of nature you know but there is a bell curve there is a learning curve with everything learn new that we learn and experience but mm-hmm. um I think the more we focus on the positive outcomes and then we educate ourselves and learn um, and remember who we are is to me, that's the essence of the healing right there.
0: That is well said. And just as a side note, anytime you feel the urge to agree with us, Alicia, feel free. It helps (laughs) helps move the show along. It also helps ensure a, a repeat invitation, too, as a matter of fact. (laughs) so we are here our honored guest of the hour and after too long a time we're delighted to have her back in our company and yours ladies and gentlemen alicia michelle when we come back we'll do what we call the marketing piece and suzanne will extract information from alicia that you can use to get up close and personal with alicia michelle and benefit from all that she and her company astro aware have to offer Give us a couple of minutes. We're Manson Mitchell, and we will be right back here on Seattle's AM 1150. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detail in each magazine with all your itinerary we could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life please get a copy of American Road and
2: start your own adventure staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests
0: Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act.
2: The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is mansonmitchell.com, heard right here on Alternative
0: Talk 1150 AM, or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. An alternative to everything else on your radio dial. Alternative Talk 1150.
2: Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our guest, Alicia Michelle. Alicia, mm-hmm. if people want to connect with you, I know what your website is. Tell everybody else what your website is and what you have going on and maybe what they can do with you.
1: Okay. Or what you, well. or what you can do for them. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, well, I uh, my website is uh, astroaware.net. Um, It represents Astrological Awareness Network, and I have a a brick and mortar here in Gainesville, Florida. It's 13 Moon Studio, and um, I do different classes, and I have a, a wonderful workshop coming up in March, March 18th. It's called the Unique Verse Method. And basically, when I'm teaching people, I'm really excited about, about this workshop. It's new and unique, is basically teaching people what their unique verse is in the universe. And the universe, to me, is a sound frequency. It's the the sound, the monochord, as Pythagoras called it, right? Um, but yeah, just teaching people that we all have vibration and frequency, and there's a part of it is in the innermost planes, it's in its perfection, and how to remember you know, who we are and our gifts and strengths and talents and deal with our shadow as well. So that's a Is class. any
2: of that virtual or is that all in person?
1: Um, the one on the 18th is in person, but I do have some Zoom courses as well. Um, they can write to me at alicia at astroaware.net. And I can send some information if any, any of your listeners are interested. Um, yeah, I do a lot of Zoom stuff weekly, just about.
2: Well, since you were very popular in Seattle, even though you're living in Florida now, it would be good if people could connect with you and uh, take a Zoom class. So astroaware.net is the place to go and sign Mm -hmm. up for something with Alicia Michelle.
0: All this talk and even a song about the moon. Alicia, tell our listeners your interpretation of the moon as an important part of the zodiac. You know, you talk to anybody from the Western scientific world, those Mm -hmm. who scoff, and they will say, First of all, you guys don't even know what a planet is because the moon is not a planet. It's a satellite. It's our only satellite. and So why are you talking about the moon like it's a planet? In (laughs) astrology terms, there are very good reasons for that. And Alicia is going to entertain us with those right now.
1: Sure, definitely. You're actually you're right on it's extremely important and in terms of your emotional nature um and that's another thing you guys that will really be seeing a lot of healing in the planet and the collective is with saturn pisces is emotional intelligence being more developed and cultivated consciously mm-hmm. so the moon in your chart wherever it was depicts two things that are really important one the evolutionary process of your soul like where you are in this lifetime if you're born on a full moon full moon babies are here to experience a, a good deal of illumination and remembering and, and, and awakening. Uh, a bosomic baby, born baby, has a completely different soul's growth point and 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 critical points for them. Okay. Um, and then that's one aspect is the soul's growth and then the other piece is your emotional nature it also connects you to your connection to women uh your wife if you're you know if if you're married to a woman or if you're dating a woman and also women in general those relationships uh a moon in cancer well, let just give you an example. Um, someone with a moon in Cancer will be more sensitive and nurturing, empathic, sympathetic, moody, clannish, you know, very protective of their family. Whereas if you have a moon in Aries, uh, that person, that's fire as opposed to water, right? So it's going to have a really different element and different energetic. So that person is going to be usually more bold, pioneering, athletic, fiery in their nature, you know, impulsive, it would be a, a side to that as well. But understanding your moon is super important. I do a lot of that with women and their ch- or family and their children, understanding the different moons in the house and how you can emotionally connect and understand each other better without projecting that you need to emotionally be like me, right? that makes sense not everybody is going to
2: know where their moon is in fact a lot of people barely even know where their sun sign is right but i'm going to say that we have such a sophisticated listenership that a lot of people will know what sign their moon is in and so i like what you said about cancer and i like what you said about aries could you quickly run through the the other zodiac signs so people know where their moon is it will just give them a little bit of a clue
1: sure sure so we'll start with um like i was saying with aries um to understand like the the energy of a moon in aries would be the pioneer but then when you go into the next hue the next octave and and taurus that would be the the subtler that would be the the person who tills the ground and the earth right so it goes from fire to earth so Taurus is earth is fixed earth so a person with a taurus moon would be um you know the gardener uh the Also, they're really good with finances. A lot of times they do accounting or they own their own business. So it's about Earth. Earth is material plane. So you take the synthesis, you guys, of the element and the energy of where they are in the constellation. So this is part of how you would interpret. So when you go from that to Gemini and Mars and Gemini, very curious, right? It's very cerebral. The person with excuse me moon in Gemini um, we just we've been in Mars and Gemini for seven months so that's all I can think about sometimes is that Mars and Gemini just came out of retrograde on the 12th of January so um, the moon in Gemini, very cerebral, curious, loves to research, can be really fickle and uh, hard to make decisions a lot of times when it has, they they, they want to do everything. So it's like, it's hard for them just to be set on one thing. Moon in Cancer, I mentioned, very family oriented, um, very much love food and understand food. Love to A lot of times people with Cancer moons enjoy cooking for other people um, and creating nice environments. Um, and leo again we're back to fire a uh, moon and leo they're very expressive creative self-expression is very important for them uh, they tend to be actors and performers and they stand out wherever they are they're really strong charismatic emotionally um the next one would be moon and virgo moon and virgo is another earth sign. it's ruled by mercury this person is generally they love data and information it's different than the gemini gemini likes facts Mercury wants to apply that inf- or, excuse me uh, Virgo wants to apply that information they they're very curious they're very perfectionistic and they, can, they they really uh, can be myopic sometimes but they don't they, they really can hyper focus on details um, but they are just magnificent to work with they have really strong work ethics um, the next one be uh, Libra the moon in Libra that's an air sign that's the rule by Venus it's the seventh house so it has to do with others where Mars is its opposite excuse me Aries is its opposite it's about me and myself and developing myself that one is about others con you know collaborations contracts working with other people's partnerships the next one would be Scorpio moon and Scorpio this is like still waters run deep with a Scorpio moon these people are our um, psychologists and our healers and our shamans, and uh, they have really deep emotions. They tend to brood if they're hurt or betrayed or even sometimes if it's a slight in their imagination, they can really withdraw and feel really hurt. Um, but they are they're Every sign is every every sign is magnificent. I have to say that every all of us have polarity and we can, you know, depends on where we are in our spectrum and our emotional nature. Okay. Uh, The next one is Sagittarius. That's another fire sign. So a person with really strong um, moon and Sagittarius, these are our philosophers. These are people that love adventure and travel and uh, explore, you know, and they tend to be uh, the ones that really fight for causes and people. Uh, Moon and Capricorn is another Earth sign. Moon and Capricorn, these are our entrepreneurs, our executives. They build systems. They love structure. They love discipline. So they bring that to wherever they are, their families, their, their colleagues. They bring really strong systems and structure. Uh, moon in Aquarius. We're almost done. <laughs> moon in Aquarius is um this progressive energy. These are our mavericks, our seers, our knowers. They they think outside of the box and they see um also I like to call them system busters. They see that the flaws in the systems um and they help change them. They don't just, you know, obsess over them or be upset about them. They say, How can we change this? How can we can really make a progressive move towards something bigger, towards for everyone's good, because it's a collective energy and the last one is moon in the 12th that's pisces this is the mystic the the you know musicians a lot of people that have really strong um, pisces tend to be writers and thinkers and feelers and they really um, express the mystic side of the human experience thank you for
2: doing that you did (laughs) that so beautifully and so quickly and i uh i know a lot of people who do know where their moon is would appreciate just a, you know a couple of reminder words about you know how that moon energy affects them, how it affects sure. their personality as well as their their soul's growth.
0: Allow me to give you an example, Alicia.
1: Sure.
0: I was born under a full moon in Pisces in the eighth house.
1: Wow. So yep.
0: I've been told that I set myself rather a challenge in this lifetime. <laughs>
1: yeah but look what you do the eighth house is the 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 magic of the behind the veils you know it's like investigating and researching and deep deepening that's what you do and that's very that's awesome you represent it well well thank you
0: for saying that when it comes to the moon placement this is where you're experiencing your emotions there Mm -hmm. it's it's that emotional lens or prism P-R-I-S-M, there through which you tend to operate. And I will tell you, Alicia, that for years at a time until I woke up to it, I found myself operating on a daily basis in my interactions far more through my Piscean element than my sun sign of Virgo. I had mm-hmm. to remind myself, look, you're supposed to be analytical and pragmatic, and here you are out in dreamland. You know, <laughs> I would get to the point, and this this is something characteristic. I'm sure there are some people listening who will relate to this themselves. I can remember sitting in parochial school in the afternoon and geography would be going on. I didn't really care. I was outside with these birds in Southern California who would fly outside because there was a field next to our row of classrooms, just an empty field. And these birds would be flying and they had a very distinctive song. And -hmm. when I would hear that, I wanted so badly to be out there with them, free as a bird, free to fly instead of, you know talking about you know the the rivers of america or something like that i mean it's good to know for a test but i didn't really care i was daydreaming and what you'll Mm -hmm. find with people who have pisces either they're born under the sign of pisces or it's prominent in their chart what you will find is that daydreaming to a piscean affects us with tranquility it's Mm -hmm. nature's tranquilizer When we're Mm -hmm. floating freely and into free association, that is tranquilizing to a Pisces, whereas to someone else who's hard charging in Aries, for example, or maybe even a Gemini might consider that a waste of time.
1: Mm -hmm. Really nicely said. Thank you for that. Yeah, you also another uh, key word, you guys, is joy. We, where your moon is will tell you like where you find your joy like what you d- enjoy doing and experiencing so for you in the eighth house that makes total sense and also the the full moon aspect gary i just want to touch on one more thing that you said i think it's really super important is when you have a, a, a 180 degree opposite of planets in your chart and it can yours are the luminaries, so we're gonna focus on those. But it can be Mars and Venus, it can be Pluto and Saturn. But anybody that has any oppositions, anyone that's listening to this, it's so important to understand that what we tend to do is we live out one side or the other, and then we find the middle way. Okay, when we have an opposition. So that's what I just heard you say. And that's very natural. And and when a person gets polarized on one side, they tend to uh attract through physics attract what's called attractor forces they attract other people that hold these vibrations so that they can actually connect with that part of themselves they're either denying disassociating from or just not connecting because they get stuck on this side but this is how we develop ourselves and we cultivate the wholeness that we all have access to so you just demonstrated that in what you just shared so i thought that was very cool very uh, perceptive of you
0: well thank you i also have known people with their moon in aries and yes they have the fire in the belly that shows up a lot but they also tend to have an impulsive nature they'll Mm -hmm. jump into something and then go oh wait i might have made a mistake but they've already committed
1: yep yeah rick levine who lives there he's he calls it ready fire aim yes (laughs) (laughs) i've heard him say that a lot yeah yeah because it's mars right and mars can be impulsive it can it can really jump you know it it leaps quickly But the thing is, um, is the aspects, you know, the key is the aspects. A lot of people like Suzanne was saying, some people know their sun sign some people don't even know they have a moon sign. But those are just, you know, those are 12 aspects. But when you really get, if you really want to understand yourself, you have to look at the geometry. You have to understand the math and the aspects and the harmonics, because that tells the story of your soul. That tells your story of what you're here to develop and how you can get from A to B quicker if you understand, because we, you know, there is a tendency to get stuck sometimes, you know, the, what is it called? The path of least resistance is a human condition often, right? So um, but the like if it's a square 90 degree angle, it can inhibit your moon. If you have Saturn squaring your moon in the eighth house, that person can have a lot of inhibition emotionally or feeling joy or, you know, that fruitfulness in that area of their life, you know, but
2: some years ago, you did my chart for me and, and we talked uh, at, at least twice. I think you did an update for me as well. One time. Uh, if if people want to find out the things that you're talking about with their soul's growth and their <clears throat> personality aspects, are are you still doing chart interpretation for people?
1: Oh, yeah, I still do that. I do so, that frequently. Mm-hmm.
2: So if somebody goes to astroaware.net, they may be able to get with you for a, a very complete kind of uh, explanation of what is going on in their chart. Yes? absolutely. i Good. I love
1: I love sharing astrological information and helping people uh, understand and remember who they are. Yes. Definitely. yeah, And
2: there were things that you told me that I still remember today wow. from our conversation about your looking at my chart that were uh, significant to me. Wow. So you know, it, you know when you when you read that chart for somebody, you you are interpreting where things are in relationship to other things the houses and the planets and all of that it can be very very informational and some of it really sticks so you know i want to i want to tell people to do that go ahead and do that it's a synthesis
1: yeah go ahead we heard
2: recently that um when when people meet they they may or may not know where their moon is placed but two people with the same moon sign will um be attracted to each other that they'll feel a uh, uh a closeness to each other without even knowing why mm-hmm. that, that 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 emotional component is you meet somebody else who has the same moon as you you're gonna like them
1: truth yeah because you're gonna get each other emotionally you're going to get each other emotionally. You can understand each other a lot better than if it was an opposite or a square of your moon sign. Uh, it also fourth house is the moon. The, the The moon governs the fourth house. The fourth house is is your family. It's your domestic sphere. So you tend to feel at home with that person right away. And you don't know why, but it's the moons. Yeah, it's exactly it. You nailed it.
2: Yeah, I thought that was interesting piece of information. I, I pick up little dribs and drabs of information about astrology and numerology and things that I will recall later and I'll I'll say oh yeah I remember they said that that was very interesting and so I I think it's useful you know to um, to know a lot of this stuff as far as what can
1: make your life a little bit easier yeah absolutely that's why I love working with family and parents to understand their children better Uh, there's a tendency for parents to project their you know psyche onto the child and when i give them this information it's like such an aha moment for the, uh, a lot of the people that i've been able to work with and understanding like the moon is connected to the psyche through the emotions mercury's the mind is the way you communicate your needs and communication the way you process doubt and information so venus is the way you love venus is what you're attracted to mars is your drive you're, you in know, what drives you to achieve so these things are really important in relationships in romantic relationships but also like people that you know are your children you know or even people that are going to work for you as I've done charts for companies sometimes when they're hiring people you know uh, to understand is this going to be a good fit for my company so yeah you can see all that in a natal chart Mm.
0: well this is very interesting you have been solicited to provide astrological insight and an energetic perspective on someone who was a prospective what an, an executive Important. a ceo yeah
1: yeah it was they were actually hired were hiring and interviewing and it was three different charts that I looked at of uh, an executive assistant and so yeah so I helped with that choice and it was actually super clear when I saw the astrodynamics really <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: I love it that that would be used because that to me, some people might be aghast, but I think it's great that what you do could be mainstreamed in that way, that there's a place in corporate culture for that says a lot.
1: Yeah, it saves you a lot of headache and trouble (laughs) in the long run, at least for it did for this person. Hmm.
2: That's great. Is there anything that you can see? I, I, I think Um, what you talked about, what coming up in March was really significant. Uh And so I like that. Is there anything else that you see coming up between now and March that people should just maybe be aware of?
1: Uh, Between now and March? Let's see. Um, Well, this is a good thing that I was hoping to mention. We just came out of retrograde phases at the end this last week. And so the planets, all the planets, have been in and out of retrograde since last fall and uh, with mercury going direct on the 19th we have no retrograde planets until i believe it's may beginning of may when uh when Mar uh, pluto goes retrograde so this this is the time you guys to focus on your intent work on you know your dreams and aspirations we're coming out of a long mar uh, excuse me uh saturn square uranus about two and a half years of that and so there's a lot of resistance in that so now we're really like whatever your dreams and aspirations are and also tuning into your uniqueness what's your unique you know gift that you have to bring to the your collective your tribe your community this is the time to, to really tap into that. So I would say um, buckle your seatbelts and <laughs> hang on. And it's going to, yeah, it's going to be a wild ride, but in a good way, I really just want to emphasize that it is what we make it. And I really want to focus on the positive aspects, not in a way that's not, you know, spiritual bypass, but really in the way that we create our reality and that we um, we can do this.
0: One of the questions that I get from people who hear the term and don't fully understand it and I think that that creates some uneasiness in them and that's the idea of a personal Saturn return Mm -hmm. I've had people say well next year is my Saturn return and they say that with trepidation why would that be the case
1: yeah I've seen that as well it's actually uh Saturn's got a really bad rap um saturn we need saturn saturn is the structure everyone wants to focus on jovial jupiter and how amazing and expansive and opportunities and all this with jupiter but you know jupiter can create some you know hubris and arrogance and and bad decisions and overdoing and 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 not knowing your limitations saturn is um structure you know and it does bring the limitations it has the icy rings around it so alchemically speaking it brings um limitations so that we can slow down and and take care of what's important and let go of what's superfluous and what isn't good for us so i actually wanted to mention that those born between 1964 and 1967 are heading into their second saturn return as we enter saturn and pisces and those born between 1993 and 1996 are heading into their first saturn return and this is really about um getting you know very clear about your structure and the system that's going to contain your dream and your life and it let it it, people don't like it sometimes gary because it is a pruning process and it's letting go of you know pruning away the dead branches is the way i I see it my mind's eye but then your roses can grow your flowers your hibiscus you know can grow but you got to get rid of the dead branches that's sucking your life force so it's a, a way of um You know, getting down to what's important and the essence. And that's what Saturn does. And a lot of people don't like change and they don't want to let go of things.
0: That's a new way of expressing it, Alicia, because I have heard of Saturn referred to as the cosmic cop, which (laughs) denotes karma. And Mm -hmm. another way of looking at it is as a report card on your life. How are you doing? Are you making the grades so far? And if not, what do you need to do to remediate?
1: Excellent. That's very well said, because here's the thing, you guys, when we don't, let's say we go to our Saturn return and then we don't get the lessons and we don't make the changes. Well, you'll go through another cycle until your Uranus opposition at 41. You'll, you'll continue that cycle, those patterns. We always have opportunities, but we can deny them, you know, and then we can miss a, 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 and um, growth. So avoiding like if we avoid, go ahead. Is this at the start of your 29th birthday? Yeah. Yeah. It's around 27 is when you start feeling the energy. Okay. Thanks. That return. Mm-hmm. But like, if we, here's the key, if we avoid scrutiny or we avoid like, uh, critic, you know, like constructive criticism, we can really, um, we can miss opportunities in our own growth, our own personal growth. So it's a really about so- honest self-appraisal and doing the inner work and we're all wired to do so i love
0: that alicia michelle a thank delight you. to have you with us thank again you. we won't we won't take so long between visits next time and your your website once again please
1: it's astroaware.net Beautiful. thank you for being with us today
0: a delight thank you. It
1: was, it was awesome to see you both thank you all right join us next
0: friday we'll be back and have yourselves a great weekend everyone be kind to each other